everyone, and welcome to Sex Ed Shouldn't Suck. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Jen. And this week we're talking about sexually transmitted infections, aka STIs. They are basically the part of sex ed that we all got, if we got any sex ed at all. And unfortunately, um, talking about STIs are usually, in school at least, you know, presented with a lot of shame and misinformation. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully you will learn something new that will shatter that shame and inform Bring that you. that glass dealing of STIs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sounds messy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it could be. It could be, but it's important. So we hope you enjoy. Enjoy. start off talking about our STI education. What did you get, Kaylee? So my STI education, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I did get sex ed in sixth grade and eighth grade. They did not talk about STIs at all in either Mm -hmm. of those. Uh, The only time I got it was in high school. And my guess is because it was a public high school. As I've said before, my sex ed was senior year. So, you know, astronomically late for this kind of (laughs) education. Right. But... And as far as I know, that's kind of all we actually talked about in sex ed was STIs. And back when I was in high school, people would only call them STDs, uh, Mm -hmm. sexually transmitted disease. And that, I believe, has changed over the last few years. And there's a little bit of miss or like hard to understand information because some people say that it's because you know, we're trying to be more like kind to people that have them. And other Mm -hmm. people say it's because some are STDs and some are STIs. And Mm -hmm. I think what it is, is that calling, calling, you know, these things that happen STIs is more accurate because they are infections and pretty much every single one can be treated, which makes it different than a disease. Do you know? Am I right there, Jen? <laughs> I, I think so. I think that makes sense. Disease uh, tends to be, I think, more permanent. and It's kind of like a broader mm-hmm. description of uh, an illness, whereas an infection kind of describes something that happens between people. Like the flu is an infection and, you know, or you get a cut and you get something in it, that's an infection. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's more medically accurate to say STI. And it has less stigma too. Yeah, for sure. So when I just Googled this real quick, because I know HIV and AIDS are usually what's used as an example of this. So Mm -hmm. when untreated, an STI can become a disease. So HIV would be an STI. It's a lot of TLAs, (laughs) three-letter acronyms. (laughs) HIV is an STI, but if it's untreated, it turns into a disease called AIDS. Right. So I guess that that's true for some other STIs. Like as they advance, they can turn into diseases. Right. But pretty much all STIs, when especially when caught early or right away, like can be totally treated with medication right. at the very least treated <laughs> some of them can be totally like healed some mm-hmm. uh you know or, or i don't know what the term is eradicated or you know like you don't <laughs> have the right. disease anymore and some can be treated even though you might continue to have 
one of the viruses. Yeah. So basically my high school experience with this was we only talked about them as STDs. Pictures were passed around of infected Mm -hmm. genitalia and it basically was just prevention focused education. So we talked about condoms and dental dams, how, you know, any kind of like fluid contact can potentially cause these things. And it's, and right. I think they said, you know, it's basically better to be abstinent. Yeah. And, you know, we were like told all the scary stuff like herpes doesn't go away, blah, blah, blah. And right. it was very much like fear based. Like, yeah, it seems like the worst thing that could happen. Like if you got this thing, no one would want to be with you because you're dirty, you're infected. And yeah. there was no education around what you should do <laughs> if you did get an STI it was just like. Mm-hmm. Here's how to not, which is silly because like there's n- literally the only way to not ever make like to make sure you never get an STD is to be abstinent, which yeah is you know silly for yeah. a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, people don't do that. People be fucking. That's all I can say. <laughs> people be fucking. Um, exactly. Yeah, I got pretty much. I got pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. the same education. We, we really only focused on STIs during high school, though. I definitely knew about some of them before. Like I knew about AIDS before though. I didn't, I don't think I understood the distinction at the time between HIV and AIDS. I was just like a young theater nerd who had seen rent. And so I knew what AIDS was <laughs> and it, you know, it was really scary. And so I thought that a lot of STIs were sort of on the same level as AIDS, uh, which they are not. Uh, yeah. And even if, you know, you do have HIV or AIDS. There's a ton of good medicine and technology today that can keep you, your viral load undetectable. So there's, there's huge advancements. People with HIV can live totally normal lives uh, if they're able to get treatment. Um, And like you said, we had pictures of extreme infections passed around, you know, told this, this is what can happen to you uh, if you have sex. (laughs) And once you have XYZ, you can never get rid of it. We did talk about the ones that can be uh, sort of addressed like bacterial infections, like chlamydia mm-hmm. and syphilis, you know, those, those can be cured, but there are ones that can't and you'll have to take Valtrex or some sort of medication for the rest of your life. And yeah, no one will want you. No one will want to have mm-hmm. sex with you. You'll have to, you know, just know when you have, when you, when you can pass it along to people and it's going to affect your life forever. And we even talked about cold sores too, as a type mm-hmm. of herpes, like yeah. in a very shameful way. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Herpes is like the worst one. It's it like is. I feel it's um, not not like STI wise, like shame wise. Shame like, wise, yeah. Yeah, like uh, people make it seem like such a big deal, but um I listened to so many podcasts about this to prepare for this episode yeah. and it is wild how like unnecessary the shame campaign around herpes is right because herpes is is manageable yeah um, a lot of people have herpes that never have lesions and mm-hmm. you know aren't aware that they can pass it or can't pass it so, and a lot of people have herpes and hpv but we're showing mm-hmm. these pictures of like pus filled warts and like <laughs> like people who weren't unfortunately able to get you know medical attention and, and them advancing yeah. to this degree that's like you know, really awful. So yeah, we, we also were told abstinence. I actually, sorry, back to the herpes thing. My, (laughs) my sex ed teacher had mouth herpes, had cold sores. And Mm -hmm. she like would talk about how her husband gave her 
this virus because he had been kissing other people like before they got married. And now I have herpes. It was like, oh. okay, it's TMI, dude. The, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. uh well, I mean, you can it's kind of crazy because I one of the podcasts I was listening to, the person was talking about how I mean there's different kinds of is it HSV? Yes. Yeah, there's HSV one and two. And mm-hmm. you can get it from like sharing a soda or like kissing your aunt on the lips yeah. when you're a kid yeah. or whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> But it's kind of funny that your teacher would like present that as, oh, he went around kissing other people before we got married. Yeah. Yeah. She was like really mad at him about it. It was like, (laughs) yeah, you know, he probably could have been more like knowledgeable about his own, what was going on with his own face when he kissed you. (laughs) But it's also like, again, so many people. I mean, I guess it's yeah. I mean, like if you have a sore on your mouth, you probably wouldn't be kissing other people. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah, try to be aware, but it's also not like, you know, the end of the fucking world because lots of people <laughs> have this. And again, it's manageable. Oh, humans. Humans are <laughs> crazy. We're crazy. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's one of those things that really sucks because if you already have a moral agenda against mm-hmm. casual sex or even not even casual sex, just like sex with more than one partner ever. Yeah. It's, like this is the easiest thing that you can, you know, this and and you know, unplanned pregnancy that you can just kind of latch on to and use it, like blow it yeah. way out of proportion to like get people to do what you want. Yeah. And there's so much stigma around, like you said, you know, you should tell your partners if you have any sort of STI. And even though you might have HPV or uh HSV and you have it under control and you know, you know, mm-hmm. how you can not pass it to people or really reduce the risk of passing it to people. Like people will not, will be turned off by that and not sleep with you or not be in relationship with you because they think, you know, you're, you're gross or dirty. And and I want to be clear that anyone can be or not be in a relationship with anyone for any reason. Um, but I think that there's such a stigma around this when it's really, like I said, manageable to yeah. have and make sure you don't pass. Yeah, so that kind of actually brings me to some of the things I learned while um, researching this episode. So I listened mm-hmm. to a couple of podcasts that I will link in the show description, but two of the ones that I really liked were the Positively Positive podcast, which is all about herpes, actually. Mm. The the host uh, got a positive herpes diagnosis and basically set out to help people understand what it actually means to have herpes and to kind of work past a lot of these things. So she has a lot of episodes about your mindset, about how, uh, you know, a lot of like misinformation. So Mm -hmm. there was an episode that was all about how basically a lot of the like stigma that came about herpes was done through like marketing for herpes medications. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't right? even think of that. That's crazy. Yeah, which like of course, like I I think it's like a good thing that herpes medication like exists. Like it's better to not have outbreaks and spread it to more people. But of course, having to like push that as like no one will ever want with you. This is a dirty thing. It can break up marriages. That's literally like what some of the marketing right. around it would say. That's not cool. Wow. No, <laughs> that's not cool at all. Imagine if like any other medication was like that. Mm-hmm. Imagine if any like 
Like, do you have cancer? <laughs> right. Because you're a bad person. That's exactly what medication. she said. She like she mentioned all these little things she has that are like things that bother her body. Like, I don't remember what it was, maybe eczema or like things like that. Yeah. And she's like, no one makes me feel bad for having that. I have scoliosis and I don't get made to feel right. like a bad person or like I did something wrong for having that. <laughs> Yeah, that is so crazy. It's only because it's tightly wound up in sex. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of not. I mean, so herpes is one of those ones that you can really get, even if you use condoms, even if you use any kind of barriers, it's really just like any kind of touching can spread it. Uh, yeah. Which I didn't know that actually until listening to this podcast. So the whole idea is that, she kind of made this interesting point that was like, actually, sorry, this came from another podcast I listened to called, um, it's the podcast Sex with Emily. She interviewed somebody has, who has written a book about STIs called Dr. Ina Park. And she says mm-hmm. that it's actually better to have, to be with somebody who is positive and on top of it and like honest with you about it than yeah. someone who maybe doesn't know. Because that shows that they're yeah. really like on top of their shit. Right. On top of their health, on top of communication, on top of mm-hmm. making sure their partners are, you know, comfortable and also safe. Like it says a lot about a person who yeah. does that. And um, in reality, the CDC says that 50% of people will get an STI in their lifetime. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea. I mean, it like in school, it really makes it seem like just the like dirty slutty bad people are are gonna get it or like you'll get it if you cheat on your spouse or like something yeah. like that but like i mean 50 percent of people that's a lot yeah <laughs> it's it's like you know millions billions of people actually what what like four billion people are gonna be getting an sti so yeah. you're probably in some good company <laughs> if you have one or had one So the fear-based approach of teaching about STIs obviously doesn't work when that many people are going to be getting STIs. (laughs) I think it works probably pretty well, you know? Yeah, sure. That's why it's only 50%. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. Imagine if we just let people feel okay about their bodies. I don't know. Well, so then, you know, there's the approach of like, oh, just go get tested, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, is a good thing. We should all get regularly tested, especially when we have multiple partners. So, like, as somebody that is yeah. polyamorous, I think I actually am, like, in the highest level of risk for mm. contracting STIs because I do have sex with multiple people. Not lately, but... <laughs> you know, just theoretically in general. <laughs> theoretically, I do. And, uh, <laughs> but there's actually a downfall with the getting tested method, and that is because... Most panels don't test for herpes, and that's because the herpes test is actually extremely inaccurate. Um, Interesting. It like like half the time it's inaccurate, so it's kind of like the rapid COVID tests, where uh-huh. you need to have multiple to make sure of your results. So that at least that's what somebody said in a podcast. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so right. like if you if first of all you usually have to ask your doctor for the herpes test. Like you if you say like oh I want a full panel like STI screen, you would have to actually additionally say, ask for that. And then wow. Really it's only it's like the best time for it to be accurate is when you have a flare up. 
Uh, mm. But other than that, like there's a lot of false positives that happen. And so you usually have to get two rounds to be sure, which is just crazy. Wow. Like I actually do have friends that like have gotten that test and like freaked out. And I just had to be like, no, 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 don't. First of all, don't worry. If you do a test positive for herpes, it's not the end of the world. And second of all, you don't even know. (laughs) Second of all, could be wrong. If you have it, which is, which is wild. It is wild. Let's switch gears now. What would good STI education look like? That's a great question. Do you want me to try to answer it? Yeah, I would love to know what you think, and then I can kind of go through what I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it would look like what we've talked about in terms of good sex education in general. Like, it needs to be medically accurate. I would love to know. You know, I'd love for people to say how many many people have certain STIs, or even the fact that 50% of people will have an STI in their lifetime. Really work on destigmatizing having one mm-hmm. um, and not putting it in this shame scenario of like, if you are not abstinent, you will get an STI and this is what it can look like. And like, you will never find love, like yeah. sharing a risk because there is risk involved. Right. And that it can right. um, certainly affect and maybe even damage some of your relationships, but that, you know, how to handle that too in a possible relationship, right. Mm-hmm. How to be communicative about partners if you have one. Um, so just making it, you know, having people understand that it is a part of life and that you'll probably meet someone who has an STI and that you need to communicate about it and that it's not the end of the world. You just need to be responsible. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think in my head, I think that STI education should be a segment of a bigger bigger sex education curriculum. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a, a part where learning how to communicate with your partners as part of that curriculum, not not necessarily yeah. tied into the STI education part, but learning how to communicate mm-hmm. with people in general would really, that would like supplement this STI education a lot because yeah. you would learn how to sit down with someone and be like, hey, I need to talk to you about something or just have a frank discussion about, you know, sexual health and boundaries around that. Mm-hmm. I think that the way that we approach talking about STIs, we need to be realistic as you said, like talking about Mm -hmm. how many people can't get it. Um, But we need to not be shameful about it. Like, I don't really see how passing around pictures of genitals helps anyone. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe to like identify what it looks like, but like, could we not just do like a very average case? Does it have to be literally the worst ones? Like who fucking got those pictures? (laughs) Jesus. A, yeah. Where did you get them from? (laughs) B, if, if, that infection is so bad that you're not likely to see it in real life. You're not, it's not actually helpful. Like you're not actually yeah. going to, you know, you need to actually see what a herpes sore looks yeah. like. If you're going to say, Hey, I think there's something going on here. So don't, average don't little give herpes. someone to someone <laughs> that's not going to be helpful to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's kind of like talking about any illness that we can get like you're not going to know if you have a cold if you've never had a cold before and somebody only describes it as like the worst cold they've ever had in their life like, right and they've got pneumonia <laughs> and died right yeah. <laughs> that is basically the equivalent of what they do with sti education <laughs> hey it happened to george washington you know so it could happen to you <laughs> So then I also think there needs to be the second half of SCI education, which is what 
what do you do once you test positive, which is mm. kind of what you talked about there. Like, talk to your doctor. What kind of medications are available? Who, who can you go to in your life that might be supportive in this situation? Um, yeah. And as you said, how to talk to future partners about it and kind of what that whole process is like. Because yeah. I know a lot of people who you know, when they did test positive for something just like freaked out because they had no idea what to do. Yeah. And, you know, some people, I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of people that I know are lucky enough to have health insurance and doctors that ordered the tests. So then the doctors will follow up on them, but that's not always the case, you know? Yeah. A lot of times you find out you have an STI because something is wrong. Yeah. And you don't know what it is. And Lord knows if you find a bump or something wrong with yourself and Google it, Google will tell you the, exactly the worst yeah. things. Dr. Google will be like, um, you, Dr. Google die. will be like, you have butthole cancer. You're going to have to get an iron butt and fart out of a tube the rest of your life. Yeah. That sounds kind of fun though. That, that'd be, I feel like that'd be very echoey. Hmm. That could be useful too. If it's a long tube, you could like stick it out the window so that your yeah, farts don't disturb face. everyone. <laughs> wow. So another big thing that I think that can be done to make STI education a lot better is to just stop mm. using the words clean and dirty to indicate oh my STI gosh, status. Yes. I mean, those words come with a lot of like stigma, right? Yeah. How can they not? <laughs> right. It's like unhealthy and disgusting and you wouldn't want to touch it. You would never right. want to describe a person like that unless they hadn't right. bathed in many, many, many days. Right. Unless they were actually, <laughs> actually dirty. <laughs> yeah. Even in the testing sphere, like when you say you get a clean test, like if your partners yeah. say that, tell them to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, a lot of us can't make a lot of meaningful change for this in actual sex education, yeah. but we can make meaningful change in how we talk about these things with people. Right. So yeah, stop using the words clean and dirty. Simply saying I have a negative test or a positive test. Like yeah. that is factually medically accurate mm -hmm. and there's less stigmatizing, you know? Right. Exactly. And if you hear anybody saying clean or dirty, Make an effort to use different terms than that, or if you feel comfortable with it, call them in or out or up or down yeah. about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can just say, what does that mean? Does that mean negative? Does that mean a mm -hmm. negative test? Yeah. You know, so that they say yes. And then you, you know, if you feel like expanding on that, like yeah. clean or dirty doesn't really tell me anything, right? Like you're not, you wouldn't be dirty if you had a positive test. Like I have a negative test, but I haven't washed my vagina in years. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh she I'm has not seen negative. water. <laughs> she's not seen water in a long time. She's self-cleaning, you know? She's fine. But maybe rinse um, it sometimes. Maybe yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe do that. Um yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, I think we just have to teach, you know, testing regularly is good sexual hygiene, especially if you are having regular sex <laughs> and on top of that, I, I think it's a good idea to approach preventative measures with their risk levels, kind of like we talked about with the birth control stuff. 
let's talk about all of the different options there are from abstinence and monogamy to barriers testing and there's vaccines and medications as well like i know that a lot of people mm-hmm. that are at risk for hiv and aids will take prep and most mm-hmm. teenaged women are encouraged to get the hpv vaccines that help prevent cervical cancer the so, HPV vaccine has been approved for both uh, boys and girls, men and women. So all genders should be taking that vaccine. Oh, is that new? Uh, it's within the last five or so years. Okay. Well, that explains why I don't know. I got mine when I was a long time ago. Let's just say that. <laughs> when I was young and <laughs> spring chicken. Yeah. I also just want to go back to talk about testing as well. Yes. I know in my experience, when I've gone to my doctor and said, I want to get tested, their first question is, is like, is anything wrong? Do you have any symptoms? And it can be kind of overwhelming. Mm. And because there's a stigma attached to it, to ask your doctor who might be a family doctor who might know you for a while to, yeah. to ask for this, but it's totally normal to say no and just be open with them about your history. You know, I have multiple partners mm-hmm. or you know, whatever the case may be, I just want to know for the sake of knowing and, you know, getting into a good routine with your doctor around that can initially be difficult to talk mm-hmm. about, but is important, you know, and don't let anyone make you feel bad for getting tested or, um, you know, make you think that you you should only get tested if something is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You should be getting tested regularly. I mean, particularly if you have multiple partners or any kind of casual sex, always better it's a preventative measure Mm -hmm. it's i believe you can also go to places like planned parenthood to get sti testing as well so if you don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. or able to go to your doctor because of you know maybe family finding out or anything like that there are other options Mm -hmm. yeah and planned parenthood usually operates on a sliding scale for income so if you aren't insured or um you know for any reason can't afford to get them planned parenthood and other clinics like that are good options why why can we not just have this like as an at-home test? I guess cuz it's blood. Yeah, it's blood and then some of them are like swabs. Yeah. I can swab myself. Thank you very much. I have had to do that in an STI test. They're like, "Here's a swab. Just What? Really? Go around your vagina and then put it in in this tube of liquid." Weird. Like, this is weird. Like what am I paying yeah. you for? <laughs> to run the test I guess (laughs) to be the lab weird no I kind of preferred it I didn't want anyone down there like besides my gynecologist and myself and my partners so well and it wasn't a pap because that they have to get way up in there yes they gotta I don't think I could do that (laughs) oh yeah no no I mean you could get a pap smear but you couldn't do it yourself I mean yeah that would be hard and unpleasant (laughs) really unpleasant yeah it already is unpleasant (laughs) so to wrap wrap things up i think that you know a lot of our sti education really was formed from a place of fear so we talked about before how sex education in the united states kind of began as a way to educate soldiers who were all getting i think it was syphilis at like unprecedented Mm -hmm. rates during a war (laughs) back in like the 30s or something (laughs) so you know i think Maybe in the olden days that was useful. I don't know. I I don't like having fear in any kind of education, but sure, maybe that's what they needed to do at the time. And of course, AIDS was really scary for a lot of people. It was very unknown through the 80s and whatnot. But 
we're at a point now where we know a lot more about STIs and STDs. We know how to reasonably prevent them. We know how to check ourselves for them and we know how to deal with them if we test positive. So there's really no point in having fear in our education anymore. I think that what we really need to do is lead with not only science, but also compassion when we're teaching people about sexually transmitted infections. Will we? (laughs) I don't know. Following the news lately doesn't make me think we will, but... (laughs) I know. I know. I wrote down, thanks, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's... That's that stuff is crazy. I mean, I think maybe right now people are so focused on anti-trans and anti-queer stuff that maybe there's an in for people to do better STI education. <laughs> we're like, look, this will help the straights. <laughs> Don't right. you want we're that? Like, while we're dangling carrots over here and they're chasing bullshit, we're like, hey, quick, while they're distracted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lesbians actually have like the lowest rates of STIs and stuff out of like all there you people. Go. If they really cared, they would turn everyone into a lesbian. Yeah, I think so, too. How much they care. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, if if you have any questions or want us to cover some more topics in depth on the show, please reach out to us or let us know at hello at sexedshouldn'tsuck.com. Or you can reach us on Twitter or Instagram at sexedshouldn'tsuck. Uh, And as I said before, I will link to all resources used for this episode in the episode description. I definitely recommend checking out those two podcasts, Positively Positive and Sex with Emily. Uh, There's a specific episode, again, that I will link in the description. So check that out to learn a little bit more. Also, check out our website for ways to support the show, including our merch and a link to our Patreon. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, if you choose to subscribe, lots of prizes. Yeah. We could even give you a shout out. Speaking of, Whoop. shout out to Bill H., Bill. our Patreon subscriber and supporter. We love you. Bill H. H. <laughs> Follow our newsletter that time of the month on Substack to stay up to date on everything that we've got going on in on the pod, in the pod, within the pod universe. Around the pod. (laughs) In and around the the pod pod hole. Lately, (laughs) I've been covering a lot of updates on the sex education bills that are going around the U.S. Because as we all know, that stuff is going wild right now. So... Sign up if you are interested in a monthly roundup of that. It is a little depressing, but don't worry. (laughs) Sometimes I put in pictures of my dogs. (laughs) Things are going to work out. They're going to work out. (laughs) And if you listen to this podcast, you know that there are ways that you can teach your child age-appropriate sex education at home if you live. That uh, is terrible. Yeah. Finally, thank you to Kent... He masters our sound. We couldn't do this without him. Thank you, Kent. Thanks, Kent. Next week, we're going to kick off our Pride episode. It's my favorite time of year. It's going to get nasty. It's going to get really fun. Yeah. We're going to say gay a whole bunch. A whole bunch. Probably (laughs) queer, probably bi, and probably lesbian. Gay, 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 gay. Gay, 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 rainbows. Gay, gay. Yep. 
I like that that sounded kind of haunted. <laughs> All gays are a little haunted. It's just the truth. That's very true. <laughs> we will be joined the first week of June by our Tito. Who art in thou, how art in heaven. Just kidding. Tito is <laughs> only in gay heaven. Yeah, Tito's definitely... <laughs> queer icon in heaven yes (laughs) but she's gonna be on the podcast with us for the third time now she's got so much to say and yeah we can't wait to talk to tito them tito tito okay bye bye You watched this like super straight show just for the possibility of a queer moment. That is queer culture to the core, right? <laughs> like watching something that is very straight and being like, oh, I think there's some lesbian stuff in here. I think there's some <laughs> some longing glances between these two women and that means they're actually secretly in love. <laughs> uh.